welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 13th of October 2013, entitled, Delivered from the Power of Darkness, and the Bible reading is taken from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I'm going to take a reading from the book of Colossians chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard it and knew the grace of God in truth. And also, as ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit for this cause. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Father, we thank you again this evening. Lord, as we are reading here in your word, we're reminded of our Lord Jesus Christ, his greatness, his preeminence, Lord, that which he has done for us, undeserving sinners. Lord, we thank you as we read here this evening that, Father, we can have a understanding of these words through the power of your Spirit. We pray that you would meet with us. We pray, Lord, that these thoughts would not be man's thoughts, but your thoughts. You know the hearts of each one that is here. You know the needs of each and every heart. So, Lord, we commit this time to you. Pray that you would accomplish in our midst that which would glorify and honor you. For it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I want us to particularly just take a couple of thoughts this evening. Found here in verses 13 and 14, which are, of course, are part of a much, much longer sentence. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, speaking of God, says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. God, and only God has delivered us from that power of darkness, and what? And translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We've been moved literally from one kingdom to another. That son, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. 
even the forgiveness of sins. Our simple thought this evening is delivered from the power of darkness. You know, the power of darkness is all around us. The power of darkness is something that attacks each and every one of you on a regular basis, I'm sure. The truth is, though, is that we don't have to fear the power of darkness. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. There was a time when we were in bondage to that power, and there was absolutely nothing that we could do about it. But when we've been translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, through whom we have our redemption because of his shed blood, we've been delivered. We've been delivered. The victory is ours. There's no question about it. I remember reading the story. I don't remember if it's one that I've shared with you before. I may have, but if, if I have, it's a good one anyway. Um, the guy by the name of John Patton was a, a missionary, and he was a missionary in the uh, New Hebrides Islands. Uh, and, of course, that's not the, uh, uh, the safest place on the, uh, on the planet when you get out amongst the, uh, the natives and the tribes. And uh, one night there, he was, uh, he was there, and, and the, uh, the natives were very hostile, and the natives had, had decided that they wanted to get rid of him, uh, that they didn't want anything to do with this uh, Christian faith that he was trying to bring to them. And so we find that uh, they began to uh, surround his, his home where he, he lived and he worked there. And if they had one thing in mind, that was to kill them and to burn them out. Uh, they were there to destroy them that night. Well, Patton and his wife really couldn't do anything. They're, they're there in their home, and they're totally surrounded by all of these, these natives that are, that are bent on destroying them. They really only had one thing they could do, and that was pray. Pray. But you know, wherever we are in the world, that's something that each and every one of us can always do. And so they began to pray, and they continued to pray. And they didn't know really what to pray for. They didn't know what God would possibly do, but they were praying simply for God to deliver them uh, from this danger uh, that they were caught in the midst of. Well, they prayed through the night, and amazingly, daylight came and the sun rose, and uh, the attackers were all gone. They had just decided to leave. They had no earthly idea of what had gone on that night. And it was about a year later when the chief of that tribe actually became a Christian, when he was, he was one to Christ. And when that happened, John Patton couldn't resist to sit down. He had to ask that chief, what in the world happened on that night? I mean, you're there. There were so many of you, and it was just, just my wife and I. And yet you turned and you left. The chief looked at him and really in surprise, he said to him, well, <laughs> Who were all those men that were surrounding your home? And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, when we came there to attack you and to burn your place down, he said, your home was completely surrounded by hundreds of men. And they were in shining garments and they had drawn swords and we weren't about to try to, to get through all of those people. And of course, the truth is, is that uh, it was God that had delivered them. Um, he tells us here in our text in, in scriptures that he has delivered all of us from the power of darkness. Wow. <laughs> 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 
The power of darkness, of course, is exactly what was behind the attack upon that missionary that night. And they were delivered in a real sense from the immediate danger that was there. But really what we have here in Scripture before us is a far greater deliverance than even that. Uh, we find that uh, it says that uh, you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, of Jesus Christ himself. That word when he says there that hath delivered, it's the same word that we would use to talk about being rescued. Being rescued when we are in, in imminent danger. Uh, people are rescued many times from all kinds of dangers that is, that is present, that is weird world for them. But he's talking about here about being rescued from the very powers of darkness, from the powers of Satan himself is precisely what is being referred to here. I want to give you just threefold deliverances to remind you this evening, just in case you let it slip your mind. Uh, just in case that when you're in the battle and, and you feel like that everything is coming in on top of you, I want you to remember that in the Lord Jesus Christ, through his blood, you have been delivered. It's done. It's finished. We find that, I guess, when we think about bondage, uh, you know, bondage is something that most of us have probably never faced in a real way. Uh, but if I were to uh, uh, to take uh, Andrew or Joseph or one of you here this evening and, and I were to take and, and, and bind your hands behind your back and to bind your legs together and literally just bind you up to where you were no, not able to accomplish anything under your own power. Uh, you see, that's what bondage is usually for. It's to take away your ability to accomplish anything. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to make you believe that you're still in bondage. He wants to make you believe that you don't have a choice, that you don't have an option, that he's got the upper hand on you. You see, many times today, in our day-to-day -day lives, we need to be delivered from the bondage to the world around us that we live in. Preacher, how are we in bondage to the world around us? Well, first of all, remember that the Bible teaches us very clearly that this power of darkness that he speaks of here that we've been delivered from, it is the prince of that power of that darkness that is the prince of this world, Satan himself. So we find that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, listen, were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Well, we know that when he's talking about that conversation, that's talking about the lifestyle, the conduct, behavior that, that all of us, every one of us to see, if we are alive, then the simple truth is there was a time before this setting free from this bondage took place, this deliverance, before that we were translated from one kingdom into the other, we all had our, our conversation, our conduct, our lifestyles, our behavior that was controlled by our flesh. The lust of the flesh, he calls it here. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh. He goes on there to say, and were by nature the children of wrath. What came natural? You see, nature is speaking of the very nature of things, the force, the laws, the order of nature, that which is natural. As a sinner, sometimes we, we 
actually seem a bit confused why these sinners are doing all the vile things they're doing. <laughs> but that's what sinners are supposed to do. That's what comes natural to a sinner. They're still in that position right there where they are fulfilling the lust of the flesh. They are in bondage to those desires. They are in bondage to this world through this power of darkness that we're talking about right here in the Scriptures. He says, we're by nature the children of wrath. That wrath also speaks of that, that desire. You know, there's nothing good about our fleshly desires, folks. Uh, it's, this, this is a, a violent passion. It, it, it implies a, a, an anger, an, an indignation, a, a vengeance when we talk about the, uh, uh, the wrath. Who can be in bondage to the world? Everybody without the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we still in bondage to the world? Oh, absolutely not. You see, he says that you have been delivered. You have been delivered from the power of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ himself. We can be in bondage simply to the love of this world. John said in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You see, the natural state of man in his sinfulness is to be in bondage to the world. And the simple natural thing for him to do is to fulfill those worldly desires. To love those things. Well, for a Christian, when he's been delivered from that bondage, when he's been translated into the kingdom of Jesus Christ himself, then we need to keep in mind that we don't have to please the flesh anymore. We don't have to please the world anymore. Sometimes the pressures can be there, but the problem is, is you still have a flesh that you have to contend with. And I know sometimes it gets hard to, to work out, you know, well, what's the nature and what's the flesh and all of these things. But may I simply put it this way? Remember this, that that which comes natural. The word nature and the word natural come from the same root. You know, when you are a sinner, when you've not been redeemed by the blood that he's speaking of here, then the natural thing for a sinner is to sin because that is the root of it. But as a Christian, he says that that old man is dead and that we have put on a new man. And the truth is, is that, you know, that old flesh is still there that was at one time totally controlled by Satan, totally controlled by sin, in bondage to it. But Jesus has set us free from that. And that which should be natural for a Christian because now there's a new man in there, created new. God himself has taken up residence in the person of the Holy Spirit. It shouldn't be natural for us. Can we still sin? Yes. It didn't bother you when you were a lost person, though. <laughs> it ought to bother you a lot now. It ought to, you know, that's, that's part of what the Apostle Paul in that great battle that he was having, you know, why is it? <laughs> Why do I do these things that I know that I shouldn't do? And why do I not do the things that I know that I should do? Oh, wretched man that I am. 
because he wasn't talking about the new man, the reason that it bothered him, the wretchedness of the flesh, because there was a battle that was raging then, because that wasn't his natural way. He was... He seemed quite content at destroying those Christians and throwing them in jail and, and doing all those things before he was converted. But suddenly his life changed. See, I just want to remind you this evening that we can be in bondage to the world. And lost people have no choice but to be in bondage to the world. But the Bible's saying to us here that because of Jesus Christ, when we were redeemed through his blood, he delivered us from the power of darkness, which is what has control over that world. We've been delivered. We don't have to do what Satan is bidding us to do. We don't have to give in to those. Many of the things the world, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God that word this translated conformed there. It literally means to conform oneself, one's, one's mind, one's character to a completely different pattern, to a completely different thing. To fashion oneself in one sense is to be conformed to this world, to fashion oneself according to this world. But he doesn't want us to be, our lives to be fashioned because of this world. Sometimes it is the things we think that we've got to act like the world, eat like the world, dress like the world, entertain ourselves like the world. Why? Because the devil has convinced your flesh of that. But the truth is, is you don't have to. That lost person has no choice but to believe those things. All these people around us that are unsaved, it's natural for them. It's normal for them. But it shouldn't be for us. And we don't have to be in bondage. You know, the list could be endless. But the prince of this world, this power of darkness here in our text that we have been delivered from, you see, as a child of God, as a child of God, if you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you have been delivered from the power of darkness. The Bible says that. It's not just some googly gook that, that somebody's made up because it sounds good. It's the Word of God that's teaching us that. He says you've been delivered from that. You've been set free from it. Now, people can put themselves back in bondage, which they often do. They can be deceived by that power of darkness into thinking that they're still under his control, that they have no choice working through the flesh. But you see, as Christians, we've been delivered from the bondage of this world. We need to live like we've been delivered. We need to remember that when he comes and he starts trying to influence by all of these worldly things, we need to recognize that we don't have to give in to those things. He's a great deceiver. The Bible tells us that too. He will deceive you. But you don't have to be deceived this evening. Some Christians are in bondage to the world because, not because they have to be, but because they themselves allow themselves to be. Second Corinthians gives us some very good advice when it talks about these things. And folks, nobody says this is easy because we all live there every day. But he tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, notice what he says beginning in verse 14. 
He says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore? Because of that, as a result of that, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You see, there is something that we don't have to be in bondage, but if we're there, we've put ourselves there. He tells us, come out from among them. Be ye separate. As Christians, that doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves, become monks on some mountaintop somewhere. We want to win our friends to Christ. We want to win those people around us to Christ. But being unequally yoked to them, unequally yoked to their sin, to their worldliness, their lifestyles and all those things, that's not going to win them to Christ. We can kid ourselves until we're blue in the face. That's not going to win them to Christ when they can't see any difference in your lifestyle and their own. Oh, Christians, we have been delivered. We do not have to be in bondage to this world, but there are many around us that are in bondage to that world, and you and I know the only thing that will set them free, the same thing that has delivered you, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ and his finished work. So we need to recognize that we've been delivered from the power of, of darkness in that bondage to the world that's around us, but also he's speaking to us very clearly here to the bondage to the wants of the flesh. You see, the outside world attaching ourselves to all those things out there, that's a bondage that we've been set free from. We don't have to do that, but also our own flesh. It gets a lot closer home. It's not just them out there, but what about that old flesh that we still continue to deal with? We find that, again, he told us there in Ephesians 2-3 about where that we had been in time past, the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and all those things. You see, it's being in bondage to desires, being in bondage to what your flesh wants, that bondage to sin that will never, ever, ever be satisfied. It's going to always want a little bit more. That, that, that desire might be there today. And you might give in and you might try to, to satisfy that. Well, tomorrow it's going to be greater and the next day it's going to be greater. Never fully satisfied. Paul said in that passage in Romans chapter 7, verse 18, he said, for I know that in me, and then he stipulates, that is, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. When I look at me, the, the, the flesh, he says, he says, I know that there's absolutely nothing good there. We kind of like to think of ourselves as 
pretty good old boys most of the time or pretty good old gals or, or whatever. We, we like to look at that person in the mirror and think they're not so bad. The Word of God teaches us different. <laughs> Paul said, there is nothing, nothing good that dwells in my flesh. And he says there's a will that's present with him, but boy, he struggles sometimes on how to perform it. He said back in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, for he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. You see, the flesh is talking about the outward man. It's not talking about the skin on your body. It's talking about this outward man, this, this tabernacle, this body that you, that you live in here. The flesh refers to if you would, that old depraved nature that was yours before that that new man was created. Romans six nineteen, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants of righteousness unto holiness." You didn't have any problem yielding yourself and giving in to your flesh when it was your flesh that was in control and your flesh that you were in bondage to. Well, he says, now yield yourself to righteousness and to holiness. Yield yourself to the inner man, not the outward man, to that new man that God has created within. You know, this word servants, we've talked about it many times. It most cases in the scriptures is talking about a, a slave, uh, a bondman. Uh, it's talking about one that literally is controlled by another. His will is given over to another. Well, the truth is, is that when we are sinners, before that we have been delivered from the power of darkness, we are in bondage. We're in bondage to that world around us, but we're in bondage to our own flesh. He says in Romans 7, 18, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. What was he talking about? Well, the simple truth is, is that Paul found out when he got saved, there was a change. That change was inside, but boy, he was still stuck with this old outside, his flesh didn't get redeemed. He didn't get that, that flesh saved at the same time. And of course, you know and I know, there's only one that can deliver from that lust of the flesh. Romans 7, 24 and 25, Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. You see, people need to be delivered because if there's not that new man, if there's not that, that translation from one kingdom into the other, then I don't care how much we want everybody you know is in the same boat that you were before you became a Christian and the same boat you're in now if you haven't become a Christian, in bondage. In bondage to the world that is controlled by the power of darkness 
in bondage to that flesh, which is controlled by that same power. But as a child of God, you have been delivered. You see, I know how frustrating it is. I probably fight the battles more than anybody. My, I, I'm, I'm not saying this to try to copycat Paul, but you know, my flesh is probably more vile than anybody's here. Truth is, it is a raging battle. But you know what? Sometimes, have, have you ever gotten so frustrated with yourself? You just wish it could end. You wish, you know, that you didn't have to struggle with those things anymore. Try praising God. Thank God you're struggling with it. <laughs> Thank God you don't like it. Thank God that, that there is something within you now. You're not just in bondage to the world and the flesh anymore because there's something there that doesn't want that. Even when it does get the best of you, you hate yourself for it. You immediately want to, to get something done about it. You can't enjoy it. <laughs> Truth is, is that that's because... You've been delivered. I know the battle's tough sometimes. I know how frustrating it can be. Thank God you're still battling. Thank God that you're not in bondage to it in such a way to where you can't battle it, to where you don't care, to where you have no choice. But you do have a choice because Jesus has delivered you from that. Jesus has delivered us from bondage to the world around us, from bondage, from the wants of the flesh. I don't want to give you this final one. People all around us need to be delivered from not only the world that is controlled by that power of darkness, from the flesh that is in bondage to that power of darkness, but from the wicked one himself who is that power of darkness. You see, he tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, he says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. He, Jesus, might destroy him, Satan, who had the power of death, that is, the devil, the Bible says, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, the truth is here is that he's thanking God because there was a time when he had been in bondage in bondage to Satan himself, in bondage to those fears that he placed there. We find that Jesus delivers us. <laughs> Satan tries to put the fear there, but perfect love casteth out fear. We've been delivered from that fear of death that, that Satan has tried to place there. What did John 5, 24 say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's a finished work. That's done. 
That's accomplished in Jesus Christ. When we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, we have been delivered. We have been delivered from that bondage. We've been translated into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and Satan himself, who the Bible says always wanting to place that, that fear of death there in control. The Bible says we've passed from death unto life. When we went from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, we passed from death unto life. You see, in a spiritual and a very unique way, I know that we all still in this world, we face death in some way or another. We face it all around us. But in a very unique way, as a believer, you've already passed from death to life. You see, when this body that we live in, when it dies, we know that that's not the end. We know that it doesn't finish there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 to 57, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we know what the future holds. We know the end of the story. Jesus is our only hope of deliverance without Jesus Christ. Unless we're truly delivered from that power of darkness, whether it's in the, the world around us, the, the flesh that we lived in, or, or Satan himself. We're going to be in bondage. We're going to have no choice. But through Jesus Christ, we are delivered. The victory is ours. We can claim that victory. We can seek that victory. And yes, we can keep fighting those battles. And every time Satan comes along, just look him straight in the eyeballs and call him the liar that he is. You find that he'll try to do lots of things. You know, he'll try to tell the, the lost person that he's already saved. <laughs> he likes to get people to believing that their religion has got them okay, so that they'll never do anything about it. He'll try to tell the saved that they're not saved. <laughs> Because if they're not saved themselves, then they're not going to be effective in winning anybody else. So if you're not saved, he wants to make you believe you are saved. And if you are saved, he wants to make you believe that you're not saved. That's the way he is. And it works. And he, he, he plays those tricks on people. He also tries to tell people that they can't be saved right now. Well, Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him, through Jesus. Being saved is not a process. It's not something you got to weigh up one day when you get there. Being saved is right now, right now through the blood of Jesus Christ, having those sins forgiven, having them taken away forever, right now being saved for all of eternity. But Satan will keep coming with his lies. 
He'll try to tell people if he can't get them with that one, maybe that they're going to get saved because of what they do. And he'll try to get them involved many times in all kinds of good things. Do you know that, you know, Satan really does a lot of good in this world sometimes too. <laughs> he gets all these people duped into thinking if they can be good enough, if they can accomplish enough good things, then they'll be okay at the end of the road. We know that we're not saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's what? It's a gift of God. A gift of God. We find that so many times with people that are saved, he can affect that, that security. He tries to use the, the fear of death that is talked about here, the uncertainties that he can place there. Well, we only have one certainty, and that's our God. We only have one truth. That's his truth. Do you know that, you know, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but there is nothing in the world that you can truly 100% completely believe except God's word. He says, even your heart is deceitful above all things. You can't even believe yourself. You'll lie to yourself. But you can always believe him. There's only one truth. That's why. Folks, that's, that's what our faith has got to be grounded upon. There is only one redemption. That redemption is through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we sing about earlier, nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's the only place. That's the only thing that will redeem you from your sins. I want to read you one passage in, in closing, uh, taken from the book of Acts and chapter 26. And this was the Apostle Paul's testimony before King Agrippa as he stood there. Let's pick up in verse 4. He said, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, known, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. People knew. I was a stout, strong, religious man that lived according to that religion. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of promise made of God unto our fathers, under which promise our 12 tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I'm accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. 
And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Just in short, Paul stood before the king, and he reminded the king of what he was, of how vile that he was, even though that to the world around him, man, he looked like a great religious person. I mean, man, he was doing it by the book. But what he was doing wasn't according to Christ. But when he met Christ, his life was changed. And the Bible says that he was delivered. But when he was delivered, Christ said, I've delivered you so that you can go to others that they might be delivered. Folks, the world around us is in bondage. They are in bondage to the powers of darkness. And there is only one thing that will deliver them and set them free. That's the same thing that delivered you if you're a child of God this evening. And the thing is, what wouldn't we do if somebody we knew or somebody that we cared for or even a stranger that we never saw, if we saw them in bondage by someone, aware that their own wills had been taken from them. They were not able to control their own lives. Would we not have enough humanness about us to do something to try to help deliver them from that bondage that they're in, though that be only a physical bondage? And yet around us every day, people are in spiritual bondage far, far, far more serious than any physical bondage of this world, as horrible as that is. And the bondage that they're in is going to cost them eternity. And the power of darkness is there to keep them in darkness, to make them believe, just like the Apostle Paul, that he was a good person doing a good thing, and he was doing it for God. But in Christ, he was changed. He was delivered from that deception, from that bondage, and he was set free, and he was sent to help and set others free. We would do that for somebody in the natural. Why don't we do more to see them set free spiritually? We've been delivered. We've been delivered from these bondages that had us all bound up. Don't allow yourself. Don't allow Satan to deceive you, to put those bonds on you because Jesus has set you free. You don't have to be bound there. If you're bound, you're doing it of your own accord, not because you have to like that lost person today.
Let's have the same testimony as the apostle Paul did before the king. I've been delivered. He delivered me. Jesus Christ delivered me. And now, Jesus told Paul, I'm sending you. And you know, that same Jesus has sent us to be deliverers, to take them to the only one in all of the world that can deliver them. Folks, the power of darkness is not a lot of hocus-pocus. The power of darkness is real. The power of darkness is what has men and women, boys and girls all around us in bondage. But we have the truth that will set them free. We can take that to them. Father, we thank you this evening. Lord, I was so encouraged as I read these. And as so many things in your word, Lord, we're reminded that with you it's done. And yet so many times we, we fight these battles and we struggle with things that Lord, I thank you, as I said earlier, I thank you that there's something there now that wants to struggle, that wants to fight, and I know this, this flesh has not been redeemed, and Lord, that there's still some time before that we have that, that new body one day. Lord, but I pray that you'll help us to claim the promises of your word. Help us to recognize we have been delivered from bondage. We have been translated into the kingdom of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to keep that a reality in our lives. Help us day by day when the great tempter comes, when he tries to deceive us and tries to get us to believe his, his damnable lies. Help us, Lord, to live like the delivered people that we are. Help us, Lord, Lord, to be able to, to reach out to those around us, show them how that their bonds can be set how their bonds can be cut, and how that they can be set free today. We'll give you all the thanks for that. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.